Hello you wonderful lot. Today's podcast is all about the power of networking and it's great to be able to share with you the interview that I did with a fantastic Carrie Moss from The Military Matchmaker. But before we get stuck in, here is a little message from the RBL who sponsor this series. The Royal British Legion offer all members of our armed forces community support. But they also understand that sometimes what's needed is just a little bit of advice. So whether it's recommending specialised services, advice on housing, finances or employment, they've got your back. Head to www.britishlegion.org.uk to find out more. Carrie is the owner of The Military Matchmaker and an amazing networker. She knows everybody. Not only is she an incredible asset as an ambassador for the Mailspone Network, she is my go-to guru when I need help finding and connecting business owners. In this episode, we talk about her military life as an army wife and the importance of networking for business. You are going to really enjoy this one. Wonderful, Carrie. You have so many hats. You do so many amazing things. It's going to be a bit fiddly for me to explain what you do. So to start off, could you please introduce yourself and what you do for a job? Of course I can. So I am Carrie Moss. I'm also known as the military matchmaker. So I help people find a life partner. Brilliant. And are they all serving military? Surprisingly enough, they're not. So although we specialise in military, that came about because of the lovely Milspo and another networking group that I go to, Military Matchmaker was born there. However, I was beforehand working with everybody. So we now specialise in military. However, we have doctors, lawyers, teachers, anybody that's single that hates that swiping. Brilliant. I love it. So I'm going to delve into military relationships because you are the expert in that. You've been married to your soldier for almost 20 years, which, as anyone knows who's married to anyone in the military, you must have had some adventures there. How has it been? And I particularly want to pick up on your wedding because you let me into a little secret about your wedding. So if you could share that, that'd be fab. (laughs) Which secret is that, Jess? It's quite a few about my wedding. However, yeah, so we've been married just coming up to 20 years. We've done unaccompanied, we've lived on the patch, we've lived off the patch, and we actually got married twice. So we were married in a registry office, and then a year after, on our first anniversary, we got married again, and we did the whole white wedding, and we did the uniform and the honour guard. So, yeah, is that the secret you were after, the fact that we've been married twice? No, it was the one about the fact he almost didn't make it. (gasps) Oh, yeah. (laughs) How can I forget? He was on exercise and we sorted out the wedding. We had done the whole write a letter to the CO, invite the CO and ask permission to get married. We did all that right. And it was, you know, it was all going hunky dory until Lee said, I'm going on exercise. And I said, sorry, what? He said, I'm going on exercise, but I'll be back in time. He actually got back on the day of our wedding. So this was the first one when we were officially legally getting married. He got back on the day of our wedding and almost didn't make it to our wedding. I think he got back not even an hour before we got married. And then it was quick change and come and meet me. So I was the one doing the, is he going to turn up? Am I going to turn into a missus today or am I not? So, yeah, that was very exciting but the same happened when we were having babies you know that thing where everybody says oh you knew what you're letting yourself in for and then you're like I had no idea I think maybe you had a little touch of it I think if you're on your wedding day maybe I did have a little touch of it because actually it did go like that for a really long time anything that we did he would literally make it back just in time which is weird because in the army they're always early 
And it's weird. I know that my civilian friends, I mean, we're all civilians, but I call them my civilian friends, can't quite work it out. They're, you know, I go to weddings by myself and I go to lunches by myself. And I think for the first few years of our relationship, they thought I'd made up my husband. And it's a really hard thing to explain, but you've lived a lot of it. And I always think of military life as one of extremes. You have the extreme happiness when they're home or back from deployment. And then you get that sad feeling because you have to move and you've left all your friends. Or equally, you know, there's another debt happening and they have to disappear. It is a tough old life. So you've experienced military life in quite a few forms. Like you said, you've done the weekending, which is married and accompanied. You've embraced the whole thing and lived on patch. What's your best advice as a military matchmaker for somebody married or about to be partnered with a serving person? Make sure they're not going on exercise the day you get married (laughs) or coming back from exercise. My best advice is to go in with your eyes open, but to enjoy it because we all, yeah, we do all hear you knew what you signed up for. Well, actually, no one does. The soldier might know what they've signed up for. I don't know what you do day in, day out. For all we know is they can drink tea all day. We know they don't. I know the, the little bits of the job that they will tell me about. But generally, who knows what their husband or wife does every single day at work, whether you're a civvy or whether you're in the military environment. So I think go in, make friends wherever you go. It's amazing to be able to say you've got friends all over the world. Enjoy the journey because we've all also heard that saying of civvies would pay thousands for this. You get to move, you get to enjoy life. And yes, you're right. You have to go to a lot of things alone, but even that's an experience. Yeah. Or be miserable about it and don't enjoy it. You know, the choice really is yours. I think the best way to do it is to embrace it and meet all these interesting people and live in these places you would never get to live in normally. But you also have to remember you're still your own person. So yeah, like you said, or you can be miserable, but you can still go out to work. You can still go out and get involved. I got involved with running mums and tops when my kids were little because it then meant there was a way for me to make new friends to, I guess, network in a non-business sense. But it was to get out, make new friends. It was to just muck in. But then I also worked outside of camp and went and did different things so I can still live my own life. It just means that... I get the best of both worlds. You know, I can watch what I want on telly because he's not there. And then and then I still have a husband that people might think you've made up. <laughs> and you did a weekending for a little bit. Can you explain a bit more about that? Yes. So we did Married in a Company twice, actually. The first time the children were young, but it was only a six-month posting. So there was absolutely no reason for me and the children to uproot for six months and then come back. That probably was my first host and I didn't like it. I hated every minute and I thought, no, I'm not doing that again. Then we had the choice again when Lee's whole regiment moved and they said, off you go. Well, Lee didn't actually go with the regiment. He went down to London and I decided to stay in the quarter because at the time I was working, I was working for a large dating agency at the time. I was at the top of my game in my job. All three children were in school. The two smallest ones were in primary school and they only had 56 children in the whole of that school. And there was only three children in my son's year. So you can't even pay for that education. (laughs) So I thought, no, I don't want to go. My eldest was in secondary school, so he was already starting the GCSE courses. So we made a decision to stay and it was the best decision at the time that we could have made. So I stayed Lee then moved a further three times and me, the kids, the horse, the dog, the rabbit all stayed in the military quarter. So weekends, yep, the problem is they come home on a 
Friday night, they leave again on a Sunday afternoon. So you have the nice weekend together, but it goes really quick and it teaches you to embrace the time that you've got and to really enjoy the time you've got together. And you were able to do that because of education reasons? Yeah, we did it because of education reasons. Also because of health reasons for my eldest. He had treatment under the hospital and they did believe, because he was severe asthmatic, that the change in air could be fatal. So the army were brilliant and they said, you know what, education reasons. And then by the time that my son had gone through his GCSEs, it was my middle son's time and then it was my daughter's time. So actually it made sense for them. I'm glad I did it. I think it made the right decision for the children at the time. The only thing I would say to people, if you're going married unaccompanied and then you move out of quarters like we did after being settled for so long, the kids found it harder than they did previously because they were settled. They had their friends and they got used to not having to move. So you have to weigh it up. Yeah, but to know that there's the flexibility there and talk to career managers is probably the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to look into it. You have to find out what's best for you as a family. And then you need to speak to your chain of command. And we were really lucky. The education system, amazing. They were brilliant with us and they told us what we could do, what we couldn't do, where the areas that the children would need support. And I can't fault them. And actually moving from military into our own house, they've been just as good with the schools here and helping us get my daughter, who's now in the last year of her GCSEs. Again, we could have stayed in the quarter. They said to us we could stay for another year, even though Lee was, well, he's left the army now. We could have retained the quarter for another 12 months. And that was for Lucy Jo to finish school. We decided that we wanted to buy a house and it was best to move at the time. So they really helped us and supported us with that move. And they've been great at this school. That's so good to hear because we hear so many negative things about the military. I know there's a lot around veterans that have left and feel a little bit abandoned, but actually it's brilliant to hear that from somebody who has lived it. And now lovely Lee has gone through resettlement. He is out, out, or is he? Um, <laughs> he's, he's not quite out, out. He's, the transition is hard. The transition for the whole family is difficult. And although the school have been brilliant, they have used their extra money that obviously we all know. So tri-service children get extra pennies, pupil premium, so that the schools can help them with their needs. So Lucy Jo has three hours a week of one-on-one tuition and she has extra time after school if she needs it because she had to change her GCSE course. So she's had to, in the last year, do a brand new GCSE. School has been brilliant. Can't fault them. When you leave as a family unit and you move away, it's really daunting and it's hard. Sometimes you kind of go, what do I do? Where am I? You know, you've been in this bubble for a long time. If my cooker broke, I could phone Amy. They might take a long time and I might not be satisfied for a while, but they do come and do it. And here your cooker breaks and you've got a phone and electrician. And those are the things that hit you. However, Lee, yes, has left the regular army, but he will be joining up to the reserves at the end of this month. So, no, he's not out out anymore. He's got green blood. (laughs) He couldn't quite let go. And I think that's a really valid point about Amy and housing and how amazing I think military housing is and the support network that you get from it I know that living through the lockdown and the pandemic and the deployments on a military patch thank goodness I mean you might not necessarily like your neighbours or get on with your neighbours but at least they understand it because previously we have lived away from our quarters and 
quite rightly and quite normally in the real world, you don't talk to your neighbours for two or three years because it would be weird doing that. But you have military patches where you just, you know, knock on the door and go, holy moly, I've never met you. I'm having a bad day, which is brilliant. And I worry that because, yes, the service might not be great. I think I really worry that people don't value it. And you're right. In the real world, if your boiler falls off the wall, it's your problem. And you need to go, you know, phone somebody to fix it. And I swear they're not much better than Amy. So I think we are particularly privileged. You have your lovely new house that is all yours. Bit random. Have you painted every wall a different colour? No, <laughs> we we almost did, but we have ripped out the kitchen and put a new one in. So I don't need lots of colour, but nothing's magnolia. So we either have white or we've got lots of pictures up on the wall. We're not worried about picture hooks, but yes, we've changed a lot, which is lovely. Oh, lovely. Right. So let's go back to the military matchmaker because I want to quiz you. I basically think of you as silver black, which probably ages me horrendously. Anyway, how much fun is it getting people to meet each other? Have you been invited to any weddings and do you need to buy a hat? Wow. It's a lot of fun. Most of the time, 95% of the time is great fun. The not so fun part is rejection, having to tell people that the other person didn't like them. But yeah, it is great fun. Most of the time, I really, really enjoy what I do. Have I been to any weddings? Yes, I have. I've matched hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of couples over the years. I have been to weddings. I do like wedding cake, as long as it's not fruit, just so you all know. (laughs) And yes, I have bought hats. The one wedding that I really wanted to go to was in Barbados, but they weren't prepared to pay for my ticket, which I think was a bit rude. They got married in Barbados on the beach, proposed in Dubai. So Yeah, I I enjoy what I do. I really enjoy what I do. I think it's unique. It's different. And it's not like the normal dating sites where you sort of fill in your profile and hope for the best. It's more intimate than that. That's right, Jess. So I do the whole seal of black, I guess. What's your name? Where'd you come from? Who are you? I profile them myself. So we go through about an hour and a half intense profile building together. So we chat just like we're friends. We have a cup of tea generally over zoom if they're close enough then i'll go and meet them in person but if not we do an id verification which is outsourced to a different app so you do that whole selfie video and the scanning in your passport your driving license and then it just comes pings back to me and says yes this is the person now i tried to fool that app and actually we didn't manage it i even tried with a set of twins and it, it didn't manage it so i'm quite happy with the id verification that only came over lockdown So I used to go and meet everybody. So my business grew over the lockdown period because we went on to Zoom. So we now interview over Zoom, have a good chat. I write everything on your profile. I will then choose your photos, choose the best photos. Some people have got funny photos. Some people have got serious ones. Some people have got professional headshots. Depends on them and how they come across. And when somebody else sees you, it's completely different. The photos I've been asked to use, I will generally say, oh, no, that, that doesn't show your best life. So no filters, no sunglasses, no hats. Once I've written a profile for you, you are only live on our system. So only myself and my team can see your profile. And then if we match you with someone, we send your profile with a link which expires within three days that somebody else can have a look at. And that's it. If you say, yes, I go through and I do all the date arranging, I do absolutely everything for you so that all you've got to worry about is turning up and looking glam. That's the worry, isn't it? Or the organisation and the, you know, being brave and picking a date. And if that's all taken away. Perfect. I love that. So you touched on the pandemic a little bit there. I want to know if dating has changed pre and post 
pandemic. Yes, dating has has gone virtual, I guess. So we do virtual dates. A lot of video has come into dating and it will stay in dating. It's harder to put a filter on video. So if you notice that a lot of people's, if you, I know you won't have done Jess, but recently you can put things, photos on that have got lots of different filters and they can make you thinner, they can make you fatter, they can make you prettier, they can make your skin smooth, they can make you like a duck, whatever you like. <laughs> so we find that on videos, there's less of those filters available. Or if you've got them on, they're really, really obvious because as soon as you move, the filter disappears. So video dating is here to stay, absolutely. We found that people are fed up of swiping and they actually want to get out and meet people. But over the pandemic, that was really, really difficult. So the video calls came in handy because you felt like you knew somebody. And then when you actually went to meet them, it was less awkward. So yeah, dating has changed. And I think it's a good change. Yeah, the pandemic did a lot of awful things, but the way the technology has jumped forward and the way that people are able to use it, whereas before we were a little bit frightened about it, I think has been positive. Mostly positive. There was a rise in romance scams over the pandemic because people found that if you're looking for love and you're vulnerable and you're lonely because you can't go out and meet people, there was lots. You have to be really vigilant. You have to make sure that if you're going to meet someone, you meet them in a public place. Don't ever give anyone money. I know that everybody here knows that, but you know, somebody when you're lonely and you're vulnerable, you might just think, oh, I'll just do it this once or just this link. So yeah, there was lots of romance scams, which again, they're clamping down on now. I'm part of a movement called Women in Dating. So it's women founders in dating. And it's all about trying to find a safer way to date. Is it just about think stopping and thinking twice? Yeah, I mean, that's the first step. Stop, think twice. Does the person look too good to be true? Is what they're saying all about how wonderful you are and when they've never even met you? The try services, you might have heard of HollyGuard because the MOD do actually talk about the app called HollyGuard, which is it's not actually for dating. It is for domestic violence. So it's to keep you safe. It's to help keep you safer. And you can set up alarms on it so that if you're going to meet somebody, it sends your best friend, whoever you choose, a pin of where you're going, tells them when you're moving and it sets off an alarm, real alarm flashing and making lots of noise if you don't check in with them at a time that you said you would. So again, if you're going on a date, that's really, really helpful. Really helpful. How do you spell Holly? H-O-L-L-I-E. And then guard. And then guard. Brilliant. I'm going to have a, a look at that and see it because obviously there's a lot in the news about women and men equally and our safety. And I think that's a useful thing to flag up now. Absolutely. I think everybody should have it on their phone. Everybody, because we're, as you say, you might be going to the gym, you might be going for a walk. There's so much in the news at the moment. The more we can do to keep ourselves safe, the better it is. Yeah. And hopefully that will help change people's ideas around things. Dating. You're a dating expert. It's very similar to networking. I think you're my go-to when we need to talk about networking. You seem to know everybody. You know how much I love networking. We run it every month in the Millspo Network. It's basically the whole point is connection and networking, and it's not all hardcore business networking. It's about making genuine connections with people. Why do you find networking so important in your business? Because you can have the best ever business, but if nobody knows you're there, you're not going to get the traction. You're not going to get off the ground. So I think the reason networking is really, really important to you is because it's free or a minimal cost to your business. 
So if you think of your marketing budget, your marketing budget needs to be big for you to get people out. If you're getting other people to do that for you, that becomes word of mouth and that becomes free marketing. So in my business, I have to network because every time that I have two people disappear, one come in, I need to find more because dating wouldn't work if I just had one person. So I'm constantly on the lookout for new single people. And it should be the same in your business. You should always be on the lookout to how you can grow. So if you go into a networking event, as long as you're not going in with a selling mindset and you're going in with a growth mindset, then your business is going to grow. Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it? If you hide behind your computer, you could spend hours of your life building this amazing business but yeah you're right don't tell anybody they're not going to find you and networking has always got a bit of a bad rap business networking really has got a bad rap it's always you know men in suits and you go into a room and it's always a bit frightening and they you know they don't want to talk to you because you're either a girl or you're not dressed right you know that's how I have previously found networking but it's different now you can do it in so many ways what are your favorite types of networking so I love virtual networking because it is easy to get to <laughs> just, just get upstairs and put my computer on so virtual networking is a winner for me you can still sit at your screen you can still be comfortable you can still wear whatever you like on the bottom half as long as you look presentable on the top half so I would say virtual networking of course Millspo is huge for me in fact military matchmaker wouldn't be military matchmaker without networking I also like in-person networking and there's different things you can do if you're an introvert you need to go in and wear a conversation starter, wear something, whether it be a poppy. We've all seen Suzanne at Soul Purpose Jewellery. She has designed some lovely poppy jewellery for the Royal British Legion. So that's fantastic as a conversation starter. If you're worried, somebody else will come up to you and notice that conversation starter. And there you go. There's your way in. And you already know you're already passionate about that. So in-person networking, brilliant. Virtual networking, I would definitely recommend Millspo. You know that I host a veterans networking, which again is informal and pitch free. Same as Millspo. And you've got talk networking. Now, we talk about networking as in virtual. Just remember, you can still network in places like Facebook. Facebook groups are fantastic for you to build connections and conversations. And it's all about trying it. I think every single episode of the podcast, I say, just try some stuff and see what happens. But it is, it's practice. None of us start a business and think, today I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, network in a room of professionals. But sometimes you try it and sometimes it works out and you you don't particularly ever sell on the first one. But if you keep going back in continuity and you grow those connections, that's the key to it. And equally, you're right, those little cheerleaders, those people that you meet that become your sort of, you know, salespeople, they may be, in your case, married and don't need dating, but they've probably got 20 friends who might need to couple up with somebody. And that's the joy of networking. It's not about the people in the room. It's about the people that they know. And that is really important. I think that's hugely important, Jess, because as you know, I took my business, I took Military Matchmaker onto Sky News. And the reason that I went on to Sky News is because of networking. So in Millspo Network, I made some really, really good friends. We met in real life and walked up mountains. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> in front of a computer. And the only reason I got that opportunity for Sky News was because somebody that I'd met on Millspo made really good friends with that had a connection that was looking for a dating expert. So you can go into a room full of people and think, I haven't sold anything. I'm not going to sell to these people because they're married. 
you're right. I don't want to sell to people that are married because that's the opposite of what I stand for. But I do want to make connections. I want to make friends. And yes, everybody knows somebody. So whether it be that somebody buys from me or whether it be that I end up on television, you know, it, it all helps. Yeah, it does. And it's just so important to business. So if you're new to business and you'd never done networking before, maybe because of the pandemic or or you just were a little bit worried about it, where would you suggest starting off? OK, so you can start off just on a group. So you can join Millspo, you can join Veteran Owned UK or you can join Bumble Business. So although Bumble is a dating app, they also have a business. So you can turn the dating part off, make sure you tell your husband or your wife that you're not there for dating and you can do business. And it is a swipe. You've set up your own profile and swipe through and start conversations. That's really good as long as you don't do it in boredom. Same as dating, you've really got to do it with intention. It doesn't bring great connection because it is through an app. So it is all through texting. The same with Facebook groups. You can go to Lightbulb, which is a paid for Facebook group, and that helps you get media. So it's where the journalists hang out. So that's $5.99 a month that you pay and you can find when people pitch for stories, you can go and help. So that gets you good coverage. Then next step up, definitely virtual networking. Definitely get yourself along to Millspo, which is normally on a Wednesday. Is that right, Jess? Yes, second Wednesday of the month. There you go, second Wednesday of the month. And it's good because you can sit at your computer, you can chat and you go into small little breakout rooms so you don't feel as, oh my God, this is scary. It's really informal. You can go to the Veterans Networking, which again is open to veterans and military spouses only. So you're still in your own community. You're still staying in your comfort zone, if you like. Once you've mastered those virtual, you can go bigger. You can go to Talk Networking. Talk Networking is fantastic. That's a civilian networking and they do probably about four different ways, but they're paid for. You can go to X-Forces Networking. That is more business and more formal attire. They're in the evenings. So again, they're virtual and I believe they're going to go back to in-person as soon as there's um, you know, some light at the end of the tunnel and we know that they're not going to get cancelled. So definitely look at your own network first. Find where you're comfortable and then move yourself out into the wider world and then eventually you can move up to in person which I hope Millspo will do soon oh I hope so I've met a few people and it's so strange to see them like with legs because I'm so used to talking heads it's wonderful I know it's so it's like you're a person you feel like you have to put a screen in front of you don't you yeah and yet I seem to know these people so well it's really strange my husband always comments on it but I, I meet people that I've never physically met in real life and yet with best pals because we have spent so much time talking to each other it is brilliant so networking for me is something I do at each posting because we tend to get posted every year or two which kills your business but you've got to keep trying and I before I get posted I sign up to three different networking groups a paid one a free one and then a more expensive paid one just to test the water and see what it's like and I think that sort of commits you to connecting with the local community which is just as important so uh, a little handy tip there Carrie you're all about networking connecting people making marriages which I think is wonderful what is the plan for the future what are you up to to continue networking (laughs) so yeah I absolutely love to network and meet new people the plan is to continue growing my business continue finding new relationships and going to lots of wedding eating lots of wedding cake as long as it's not fruit 
as long as it's not fruit cake. I also should mention that the FSB is a really good. So you've just said about your postings and you're correct. If you go somewhere new, you really do need to make a new network. And when you move, it's really daunting, especially going in in person. So you can, if you're a member of the FSB, which is the Federation of Small Businesses, again, they're paid for, but they do do free networking if you're a member. So if you want to just start branching out to different Similarly, if you're in the same place, if you don't get posted or if you're staying somewhere for five, six, seven years, still go out into the community because that's where your business is based. Go out and find new people, new places to go, go into the pub. Everything is building new connections. Have something that is. So I've got my free peaks hoodie on today. Generally have something that's about your business. The lovely Andrea Baker. She did me a lovely bag that's got all my branding on. So whenever I go out again, it's that conversation starter. Yeah, do it. Every opportunity is a networking opportunity. And it doesn't have to be hardcore sales. It can just be, hi, nice to meet you. What do you do? Kind of stuff. It's really important. It makes such a difference in business. And it, you know, doesn't have to be that serious. Make it fun. Come and practice in Millspoke. If you need to ask questions, come to the group and ask about networking. Make it an important part of your business, but an enjoyable part of your business. I think that networking should be one of the top priorities, especially in new business, because isolation breeds isolation. We've all been stuck in for almost two years and we've all got used to our own company and we're thinking, oh, I can't be bothered to put my hair, makeup, whatever. It's really important for your own mental health and for your business's health. So definitely, if the first thing you do is just go now and sign up to any networking event and just get yourself there, you'll find that you'll continue to do them and you enjoy it. And stick with it. Don't just go once. Absolutely. You will not make a new relationship with somebody, whether it be platonic or whether it be business or even a romantic relationship. You can't just turn up, expect to meet them once and everything be hunky-dory. It's like going to the gym. You have to keep going. But it is worth the results at the end. Definitely. Carrie, you have so many hats. You're so very useful to me, even though I am married, but to so many people, you know everybody. If we are interested in the military matchmaker or connecting with you for business, where can we find you? The best place for business is to go onto LinkedIn. So you can find me at LinkedIn and it's military matchmaker. So my LinkedIn URL is linkedin.com slash in slash military matchmaker. I'm of course on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I also have a website, which is militarymatchmaker.co.uk. Perfect. And before we finish, is there anything else? No, I think that's us done, Jess. Apart from thank you very much for having me here today. It's been lovely. Oh, you're so welcome. It's nice to be able to pick your brains. We always talk, but it's nice to be able to share your information and your knowledge with everybody. Thank you. A huge thank you to the lovely Carrie. What a fab episode, chock full of networking tips. I hope that you found it helpful. If networking is something that you'd like some support with, especially if you're struggling to build a network because of military life, you are going to love the Melspo Network. It's an online global network of over 1,200 members that you can access for free right now. We do monthly networking and meetups to support anyone running a business whilst living the roller coaster that is Armed Forces Life. So come and join us. Search for Millspo, that's M-I-L-S-P-O, on Facebook. We would love to see you there. So that's all from me for this week. I will be back next Friday for the last episode of the series. So I shall see you then.